What's happening, weirdos? What's happening, weirdos? What's going on? What's happening? Why aren't you speaking? Tell us what's Tell going us, on. Tell us, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Can you hear us? Karen, <laughs> Steve, Bethel. Bethel? Bethel? Especially you. Are you okay? You want to hear the Bethel, the Bethels today? The Bethels? Like the specials for Bethel. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to We Made a Weird 59. This is when Val and I have uh, a little time together. <laughs> And we get together and we we talk, and this is a great one. Yep. Yep. Let's get to it. (laughs) Oh, my God. If you want to support the show, why not try a Pete's Pick? We talk a lot about therapy in this episode, Mm. and we now have Talkspace. Love Talkspace. Love Talkspace. Both Val and I are huge believers in talk therapy, yet therapy still has stigma. I can't believe it, but it's true. I know it's true because people in my family still have stigma about uh, therapy. Some people don't want to open up to a stranger. Some people don't want to get judged by their families like me. But meeting with a therapist to work on your mental health is just as helpful and just as important as hiring a personal trainer to work on your physical health or a dentist to work on your teeth or a doctor to work on that ouchy boo-boo on your elbow. And the positive impact can be just as life-changing. Thankfully, Talkspace makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, your tablet, or your computer. And unlike traditional therapy, you can message your therapist anytime via text, video, or voice. It's 100% secure and stigma-free the way therapy should be. As we talk about in this episode, talking helps and talking to a professional helps so much more than the sum of its parts. Something about the human animal needs to get things off its chest, needs to be listened to, needs to be witnessed, needs to be held in a safe space. I first started seeing a therapist, we talk about this in the episode, after uh, or leading up to and helping me through a difficult breakup, and just chatting and listening made an, a profound impact. And I love that Talkspace makes it easy to connect with a therapist privately and lets you message them whenever you need to. It's all the benefits of therapy without the hassle of setting appointments, or in my case, driving an hour and a half to Santa Monica, or waiting a week or more between conversations. If you've wondered about therapy but aren't sure where to start, you need to check out Talk Space. So whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, self-doubt, or anything else, Talk Space gives you access to the help you need to move forward. Facing those obstacles is not easy. I can say that from experience and you don't win a prize for doing it alone. Getting professional help isn't weird or weak. It's smart because sure, your friend might know a thing or two about electricity, but would you let him or her rewire your house? So don't leave your mental health to chance or the amateur advice of well-meaning friends and family. Talk to someone who's trained to help make lasting progress uh, and show your support of the show in doing so. Just join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Just visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code WEIRD at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code WEIRD. And while you're at it, why not get yourself the best fitting, best sounding headphones, uh, earbuds that I own. Technology, tech, and especially audio tech is such a huge part of my life. Going from phone to laptop to desktop, back to phone, super important to find the right tools that fit your routine. But we rely so much on our devices, it's easy to forget the hardware you're born with. Your ears, same as fingerprints, no two are exactly alike. That's why your earbuds probably cause you some discomfort or even physical pain after wearing them for a while. So the Ultimate Ears fits true wireless 
custom fit earbuds from Ultimate Ears are here to change that. Ultimate Ears fits are the most comfortable earbuds I've ever owned, which makes sense because they're custom fit. What does that mean? It means I didn't have to go in anywhere for a fitting. It's all in the box. You unbox them, which is a pleasant and fun process. You put them in and go connect to the app, watch the purple LEDs heat up the buds to form perfect shapes for your ears, not anybody else's ears, your ears. And this means comfort listening to shows for hours. These are my work earbuds. These are my uh, working out earbuds. They stay in place and are comfortable all day. We talk a little bit about how sensitive I am to sound in this podcast. So having comfortable earbuds is super, super important. And when listening to shows like this one, also listening to music. Uh, these are engineered to provide full warm sound with a tight, punchy low end, and you can set custom EQ presets through the app as well. With eight hours continuous playback on a single charge and up to 20 hours with the, car- with the charging case, Ultimate Ears Fits are perfect for listening to your favorite shows, like this one, all day long, built on industry-leading expertise trusted by pro musicians and hi-fi enthusiasts for over 25 years. You can play and pause music and even answer calls with the built-in controls and use the free app to set custom actions like voice assistant, volume adjustment, and more. If you try fits and don't love them as much as I do, no worries. Ultimate Ears offers a 30-day money-back guarantee, plus you get free shipping, free returns, and a one-year warranty. They really, really feel like a dream in your ear. So for a limited time, get 15% off your pair of Ultimate Ears Fits True Wireless Earbuds at ue.com slash fits. Just use promo code weird at checkout. We got some from the company, which was so nice and so awesome. And then we used this promo code to get Val a pair. That's how much we love them. Love them. That's 15% off with promo code weird at ue.com slash fits. Last but not least, one of our longest standing is uh, Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain has literally changed my life so much for the better. It is a nootropic, helps support memory, helps support focus with earth grown ingredients that prov- mainlines the nutrition that your brain needs to function at its optimum level right into your noodle. It's like fish food for your creativity, for your, for your ideas, for your thoughts. I always take two or three Alpha Brain before we do this podcast, before I do any podcast, before I do stand-up, before I write a script, and honestly, just before going out on a date with Val, I'll take a couple just to have access to my brain. I'm always telling people about Alpha Brain in real life. That's completely true. And I'm like, why wouldn't everybody take it? It's something that makes your brain work more easily. I would understand if maybe it was a stimulant. It's not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It doesn't get your blood pumping or get you all jacked. It just gives your brain the food that it needs to function at its best, which I, which is what I love about it. I've turned so many writers here in Hollywood onto it, and I have sworn by it for almost 10 years now. It's absolutely changed my life. And if you like it one-tenth as much as I do, you're going to shit your pants. And show your support of the show. You can go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. And you'll get 10% off not only Alpha Brain, but everything you see on that landing page. That's onnit.com slash weird. That was a very sweet one. Weird. 
Okay. All right, everybody. We have a live We Made It Weird. The last one was so... Oh, my God. The last one was so awesome. This one is on November 22nd at Largo. Uh, Moshe's going to be there again. He is? Yeah, because he killed me. Amy Mann, the musician, will be our our showcase guest. Uh, But it's going to have laughs. It's going to have music. It's going to be incredible. That's on November 22nd at Largo. And on November 3rd is my next uh, stand-up show So if you want at Largo. If you want to see me do stand-up, November 3rd. For tickets to either of those, go to Largo-LA.com, and we hope to see you there. These have been so fun, and thank you to everybody that came out last time. All right. Nothing left to do but get into it. And then a little laugh. <laughs> Well, I thought you were going to stop it before I laughed at my own thing. Very, very cute. Get get into it. Again, you did it again. I'm very funny. (laughs) (laughs) She was a weapon, you know. You will whip body, you will whip the da da rap a do the dee do da ree da dee da ba da keeps going. It it passed the span of intro song and now it's just a full length song. I think we're at a concert. Shut bum 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 um scatting the podcast welcome to scatcast god i could have a podcast about scatting you love scatting i have so many that's what i mean this is what i mean i think that really good scatting is the best thing in life and uh, is there? I'm not. Real, I, and, is there good? Scat? Yeah, Ella Fitzgerald. Just put Ella Fitzgerald scatting. Fitzgerald. Oh, there it is. Scatting. What is? Okay, but what I was gonna say is, really good scatting is the best thing in life. Really bad scatting is the best thing in life. Well, let's do a little search of both. This is good scatting. No, you're not a sponsor on this podcast. Ooh, that looks cozy. I want to go to there. Don't talk about the Verbo. <laughs> and don't call it a Verbo. That's what they want. <laughs> there is no love. That's just singing. <laughs> you have to get to the scatting part. She never scats in the beginning of a song. Where does it happen? Probably towards the end, huh? Mm, oh, that's cool. Go, go in the mid, toward, towards the middle. There you go. Here's this guy. Oh, chills! I am so. Right? I'm, I I won't say I'm wrong. You're I'd not happily wrong. say I was wrong. I just didn't know. No. I didn't say scatting was always bad. This is amazing. She's it's, wiping her sweat as she does it. Skip it up. She's the best. Everybody's okay. always like, Billie Holiday, Billie Holiday. Ella Fitzgerald is the queen. Okay, here's really bad scatting. <laughs> but it's, it's Wait, gonna... there's a Key and Peele scat duel. Yeah, but that's just comedy. I want real. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, that's going to be hard to maybe find. Yeah, nobody's Okay, uploading. I'll just tell you that I can tell you a story about bad scatting. Gather around, children, and I'll <laughs> scat you a story about bad story. So it, uh, there was, okay. <laughs> I have to scat this. It's not terrible. It's not the worst I've ever heard. No, it's not terrible. It's just really, really not good. No. <laughs> but not really, really. It's really, really not good. Um, okay, so my high school. Jack Black scanning. Fliegoo. <laughs> A fliegoo giggoo. Fliegoo giggoo. That is literally what he does in the best song in the world. It's like, that is so true. Um, Play me the best song in the world, or I'll eat you. Where did that from? I just like. Truly, anytime I think of a Tenacious D song, anytime I decide after years of not hearing one, I'm going to put anyone on. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's great. I just love silly songs so much. Okay, anyway. Silly songs. So my high school had, it was like they had a choir and then they had limited edition, which is where all the talented kids went. That was like literally called limited edition. Yeah, like anyone exactly. can join the choir, but we're the top shelf. Little fun fact: I think L- I've F- mentioned F- it before. Sarah Bareilles was in limited edition because she's from my hometown. I just I'm still kind of tripping out on little Valerie going to high school. Get a little sneakers, choosing your. It outfits. was really cute. It was like. Converse jeans with a skirt over Oh, it. Valerie. I always a had a crush beanie. on the skirt over the jean girl. <laughs> a red beanie? Yeah, a red beanie. Beanie, beanie. Red beanie, beanie, beanie. <laughs> red beanie, beanie, beanie. And you'll think this is cute. I used to say, oh my God, this is embarrassing. <gasps> this is exactly what you needed to know, what you need to know to know me in high school. I wore that red hat because I'd be like, Every day I'm just girl, but when I wear this, I'm girl in red hat. <laughs> wow. It's so embarrassing. Oh, I wish I had the scatting open. I would have played it. You, Val. It's really embarrassing. I'm just girl, but when I wear it, I'm girl in red hat. No. Greta Gerwig, eat your heart out. That's like a <laughs> line from a Greta Ger. Also, did you know I wore a red baseball hat? What? Yeah. No way, you were boy in red hat? I was boy in red hat. And a friend of mine in college said, and I, I just didn't get a lot of compliments, that, that, that I, I went <laughs> She said, all the, all the cute boys always wear red hats. That's what she, she said. She said that after you were already wearing a red hat? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was a flirt. That's a flirt. Flirt detected. I am currently stuffing a hot water bottle She's under my She's gushing blood. I'm gushing Wait, do your blood. What? That every month, so Val's on her pier. On my pier. She's on. She's at Navy Pier, and um, <laughs> which means it's a tidal wave. The Navy has been called in. I'm, just, I'm saying I have my Navy period. Um, That's how I feel. That we were laughing so hard last night that every month the body gets ready for a baby. Yeah. Oh every month it's like, let's make a blood blanket for the baby. It's so insane. Like, because... It's hard. Like, I try to be so period positive. Pee pause. But, like, 
there's two specific days in my period that I just want to die. <laughs> and and it feel you really feel like how pointless it is. Yeah. Because it truly is like the the body is like, let's just in case there's a baby coming, we're gonna make a whole blanket of blood. Yeah. And it's like a quilting group yeah. that just goes hundreds in. of employees that could be doing other things in the body, like yes. useful things in the body. It's like everybody to the uterus. <laughs> Bring all the blood we can handle. And they make all of the food, all of the music, all of the tablecloths, all of the catering for a wedding, yeah. basically. It's like, yeah. And then you go, since you're twelve. Yeah, that's it. The body, you're not having sex. Even the months you don't have sex, they're like, just in case at the last second someone slips one in and we have a baby, make the blood. And it's like, what a waste of energy. It's such a torture. Yeah, and it's such like everything in this body is such a beautiful, intricate design. We can't just design it to where you don't start making the blood blanket blanket until you've sensed that a egg has been fertilized. Like the egg is fertilized, it yes. releases a hormone, and then you start making the hire blood the caterer after the engagement. <laughs> yes, but the body is exactly. like, I saw a man; he might propose. Call up a banquet the, hall, a whole wedding. And I need a big dress or whole to do. And then at and the end of the month, they throw the dress away. Yeah, they burn they down the banquet hall. Throw away all the flowers, all the food, like succession. When it smells, when the food smells, they just throw all the delicious food away. <laughs> yeah, and then as if they should learn their lesson and go, is anyone in your body going like, I don't know if a baby. <laughs> Like most months, it doesn't happen. Should we be doing this whole production every month? Yeah. You're absolutely that's right. That's when I said the, every month it's waiting for Guffman in my uterus. Yes. <laughs> they the think Guffman might show up. And Guffman is not coming. And neither is Godot. Um, anyway, did I finish limited edition? No, I didn't. No, Sarah Bareilles was Sarah in limited was edition. Sarah was in limited, not the years that I was there. She's a little slightly older. But um, she's ooh, 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 ooh. Is that Sarah Bareilles? No, I don't know what that is. I think that's, that's the just dolphin a, song. Ooh, oh, ooh, that's Regina Spector. Oh, who's Sarah Bareilles? Sarah Bareilles is. I'm not sounds gonna like write a, you a love song. Oh, sounds like an alias. What's my name? Sarah Bareilles. Okay, okay. listeners, <laughs> friends, weirdos, you know this. We have had this conversation on this podcast before, yeah. sitting in these seats where yeah. I go, Sarah Bareilles is f- like a phenomenal, prolific singer and writer and now actress. Mm. She she like did the music for the Waitress musical oh, and yeah, she performed in it. She's in Girls 5 Eva. She's like a person you should know. Oh, she's the lead woman in, in Girls 5 Eva. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, anyway. I can't believe she went to your high school. Yeah, it's really exciting. Okay, I can't wait to relearn that next week. <laughs> you will, and I'll be here. I'll There's be here some for things it. that just don't stick. Mm-hmm. Who Sarah Bareilles is, for no reason, no fault of her own, my brain just goes, what? Yeah. Sarah Bareilles? It sounds like a constellation. Or Mount. Yeah, or Aurora Borealis. Well, yes, thank you. <laughs> Is there any other of my riffs you'd like to ruin the fun? How dare you? Yeah. 100% um, JK. I'm going to put a little of this. I've been doing this lately. Ooh. I have some orange yeah, essential orange oil. Yeah, orange is really good for focus. Really? Mm-hmm. I used to have a, uh, I think I've said this on the podcast. Is it time to stop doing this? No. Uh, I used to have a professor no. who would walk around while we were taking oh, tests. Oh, and peel the oranges. oranges. Yeah. 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 I just put a little on because I like smelling like an orange. 
Mm, oh my god, that's cute. I almost kissed you, but that would be embarrassing. You can, you can. It's audio. It's audio. <laughs> just do just it, really. Do it, just do it. Do it with no sound. Okay, no sound. No sound. That was a no sound kiss. NSK. Okay. Um. So, anyway, limited edition, and they were kind of like a what is it? It's like a mixed choir or like a. It, they were basically like a a jazz ensemble, mm. but vocally. So it was all these small town, skinny, white nerds scatting. And they would like take turns scatting. And some of them could kind of do it, but a lot of them couldn't. And I, that's when I, it was one of my first bits. It was like, if you can't scat for some reason, it doesn't work. If you can't scat for some reason, you just stick, you get stuck on the letter Z. So you're like zip it I mean I'm enjoying it. I didn't know you mixed up the letters. But that's not you want them like way more intertwined. Like boob da da do da it's tongues. It's tongues. At a certain point, it's tongues. Yep. Um, all right, cool. What else? <laughs> oh my God. I thought you had something. I was going to, well, I just did the podcast with Steve Byrne, which will be out in, I'm really banking him because we're about to start Smallwood. Oh, I want to say thank you. Uh, a, a few people did Small. write about my vocal polyp. Here's a little <sighs> update if you're interested. Um, uh, it didn't go away. With, with We were hoping it would go away if I did vocal rest and, and steroids. Um, but instead, I just got... <laughs> got real buff. Got real buff. Got a small dick. <laughs> oh, my God. It makes your dick bigger. That's no, what they told doesn't. me. <laughs> I said I need something to help the hog get a little bit fat for winter, if you know what I mean. And he gave... Wait, he thinks that these are animal steroids. He thought I meant the hog. <laughs> he was he thought you were feeding this to our hog. Yes. Um we do have a hog. I <laughs> don't want to write you a love song. No, I don't. Oh yeah, so it didn't go away. Um but it was kind of a long shot. So basically I'm just like gonna do vocal physical therapy and get a second opinion, but it's all pointing to I'll probably have to get this surgery. Surged. So that I can scat. But the surge is just drinking a can of surge. Yeah, that's what I was told. Does this sound right to everybody? (laughs) They say the surge. Yeah, you just gargle a can of surge and that's the surge. (laughs) Marie. Um, But thank you for those of you who who gave me tips. um, And I am using some of them. And also for those of you who enjoyed the... <laughs> felt pointed. Not all of them. Not all of them. Ralph. Some of you said, stick a big dick down your throat. That's oh. awful. That's awful. Why did I say that? I don't want to ride you. I love something. Maybe it's me. Since we asked for advice about your polyp, you're like, someone's going to ride stick a big dick down there. <laughs> and I am loving it. <laughs> um, no, none of our listeners would be that rude they're only ever nice to me yeah which is really sweet thank you for that everybody Mm. well i did my yeah this is the only time we've done uh we made it weird after i did a a you made it weird so yeah i'm 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 not like a cooked chicken i'm actually really liking this vibe right now oh really yeah usually i'm just like 
you're going and going and going and every like 10 thing 10th word I have something to say and I just can't like get in there <laughs> what a nightmare for me to hear what, <laughs> you a were gonna living... say, what a nightmare for me to live through no what a living nightmare no 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 I I love everything you say you're a very smart person I love that um, <clears throat> go ahead so you were going to pick up that book. Well, I, it doesn't feel right to read the Richie thing right after put a big dick down there. <laughs> I do I wanted regret to say, saying that. No, no, no. I, that's part of that becomes part of the art. Yeah. Is it's that's what it's like. That's what life is like. Sometimes, Sometimes you say you things. Say a like, thing. Why did I say that? On Paul Walter Hauser, he's so sweet. And at one point I just said titty fucking. And I was like, why did I say that? Yeah. It's never a good time to say titty fucking, even when you're doing it. <laughs> Especially when, when you're, you're doing, doing it. it. Don't be like, Don't this say, is a sweet ass titty fuck. This is titty fucking. This is what this is. <laughs> this is titty fucking. It's so rough. It's really awful. It's so rough. I want to I mean, say that I, 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 well, how do I say this delicate? I want to get to the, without betraying any relationships, I just want to get to the lesson. Yeah. I was hanging out with somebody I hadn't seen in a long time. What if I just said the name? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Chester Tittyfuck. And, he, and mm-hmm. we were talking about, it was just interesting to me to, to be talking to somebody who was expecting me to be who I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this that that's not even putting that down. That is actually somewhat reasonable. But after that hang, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. We've changed so much. Yeah. Like, so much. And this is the positive. I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying it made me come home. And just give enormous thanks that you and I have grown together Mm. and that there has been so much change. Mm. There's this, I've said it before, but there's a Jay-Z quote where people are like, you've changed. People say you've changed. He's like, hell yeah, I've changed. You think I did all that work to stay the same? Mm. And that is sort of how I felt. Mm. But when when you're talking to somebody who used to know you 20 years ago more... Mm. And, and you're feeling like different people. Mm. And it's almost like you're trying to start an old fire. Mm. And there's part of you that's like, and, and we did enjoy reminiscing and stuff. But you're like, but that guy's dead. Yeah. That guy's dead. Yeah. He got divorced. He rebuilt himself. He's gotten into all these different things. So when you're talking to somebody from your past, it's like, sometimes you only really have one option. It's like, we can we can reminisce. Mm-hmm. Would you like to reminisce? But like the chances that we've grown in symbiotic ways, it's not a foregone conclusion. That That's yeah. what I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a great hang and I was happy to see him. I just, when I came home, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. It made me realize I'm a different person. Yeah. It made me realize that so much has changed. We were even talking about like how loud I was, how much, how I laughed so loud. And I was like, yeah, a lot of that was covering up unresolved issues. Yeah. I'm not saying that to be funny or cheeky, but like 20, 20 year old Pete mm-hmm. was dealing with, he didn't know what was weird about his family. I love my family. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, like, when you're so in the soup, you can't mm-hmm. tell the celery from the garlic. Yeah. You need that that time. And it made me grateful that I've had all of these life experiences and all of these opportunities to look at myself and learn and to change and yeah. to adapt. That That's one yeah. tiny thing I wanted to share this week. Yeah, I love that. And it is also really nice when you have moments like that. Because for me, 
when it does feel like there's kind of constant, I'm constantly like, you know, going outside of what's comfortable or being pushed outside of what's comfortable and then learning to be with that and then getting little windows where I'm feeling comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just feels like constant work. And it's sometimes really nice to like look back and see the ground you've covered and, and that it was not for nothing. Not for nothing. And it was spawned on by discomfort, by suffering. Yeah. You were saying that this week. You yeah. were like, it's really occurring to me. Do you remember what you said? That like all of the great change in your life has come from, we make this point all the time yeah. on the podcast, but you wouldn't. You won't change unless something isn't working. Yeah. I had that even so so yeah, I like I went on my hike this morning and I brag. I have been feeling like <laughs> in, in a better mind state lately. And when I am in a better mind state, I don't really know what to do with this. This is, I'm just telling you a thing. I'm I don't really have any conclusions about it. But I want to just, like, listen to comedy podcasts and, like, watch Downton Abbey and just, like, be a real nine and be just immersed in all of my comfort. Enneagram nine. And then, yeah, sorry. And then um, and then most of the time I don't feel like I'm in a really great mind state. So I feel like there's a lot of anxiety in my body or there's some depression or, or whatever it is that I'm working with. And that's when I'm I'm going on the hike and I am listening to something spiritual and I'm taking pauses to just mindfully walk. And I'm like being pretty spiritually, not rigorous, but yeah, committed. Rigorous. Yeah, yeah, rigorous. And I was just thinking that this time I went on the walk and I and I just wanted to listen to like a funny podcast. And I I guess here are some of my thoughts about it. I don't want to get to a point where I feel because I can feel the pull of old Christian beliefs to be like, well, this good mind state is a gift. And if I am, if I don't use it right, and if I don't listen to my spiritual books, then God's going to take this good mind state away. Mm. Like that's really, when I say it, it sounds ridiculous, but that is a belief in there. Like I relate to that. Mine is I'll have this judgment about somebody or something and mm. it'll be harsh and nasty, but it's honest and it's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I go like, stop it. You're being a bad boy and, and everything's going to crumble because you're mm. being harsh on somebody in your head. Yeah. Literally just mental life. Thought crime. Instead of going, we're back to the welcoming prayer. I welcome all of it. All, yeah. even, even the thoughts, even the shortcomings. I, I, I surrender my desire even to change myself. It's just like, and when you do that, something beautiful happens. The clouds part. Yeah. And you sort of tricked yourself into changing by not trying to change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that's everything. Tricking yourself into changing by not trying to change, like, like fully accepting exactly how you are. Mm. And I really felt that, like I I was I caught that old belief, and I went, no, I'm 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 feeling comfortable, and I know that everything is seasons and everything passes, and there's like expansion and contraction. Mm. So there there really is, if you pay attention to it, like a rhythm of deep diving into your shadow and into the trauma in your body and all of that that's coming up. And then you naturally, your body does take a little bit of a break. Like it's like, okay. And it's trying to just resource and gather its strength totally. before it goes back in the cave again. 
So in that moment, I told myself, like, no, this is okay. We're just resourcing and and getting Mm. and remembering small delights and, like, and being cozy is not a bad thing just because it's, like, a a temptation for me. doesn't mean that I'm never allowed to do it. That's right. Um, And so... So that's where I'm at. But also being in this good mind state, you know, yesterday was like the real, the real wedding in my uterus. And I was just feeling so shitty and there were so many feelings coming up. And I was, I'm not always able to practice what I preach on this podcast and in life where I just keep redirecting to the experience in my body and letting it come up and out but I was really able to do it, I think maybe because I've been in this better mind state. Um, and it, it, I'm just here to report what we already know, but I've experienced it. I experienced it yesterday that when you can do that, where you're, you know, like I start to, I felt like a burst of, you know, anxiety. And usually my brain would go, oh, man, we're getting pulled into the darkness. Who knows if we'll ever come out? It's going to be like, and it, it has like a little groove where it remembers like the the scaredest I can feel. And it's like, should we just go back into this groove? And I kept saying to my brain, it kind of like, uh-uh-uh, you don't have to look for it. You don't have to look for that. Wow. And like, and I could feel like the energy in my brain, like the energy of the thought wanting to go and then just letting it go. Mm. Like I could feel this, like the somatic sensation of the thought in my brain. Mm. And then, and then I would just return back to like what this energy is in my body and like hold my body and go, oh gosh, you're doing so much right now. Yes. You're planning this ridiculous party Mm. for nobody. Any second, the baby will be here. (laughs) That's what you said 30 days ago. Just keep making cakes, small little cakes. And it actually is they're cleaning up after the party. They already planned the party and That's they're right. like throwing everything away. And shouldn't they know with their push brooms? <laughs> shouldn't we figure out another system? They're they're just saying to each other, you know, we're gonna do this again next month. Yeah, yeah see, see you, you in next 22 month. days yep. or whatever. Um and uh and so and this is what I shared with you yesterday, but like I just kept practicing that over and over, and then my mind would get caught in something and I would say "Uh uh-uh you don't have to look for it it's okay and then and then eventually it got to a point where there was powerful energy like surging through my body but I couldn't even tell you what it was like I couldn't not only did it not have a story it didn't even have a label at that point I couldn't tell you if it was the sensation of sadness or the sensation of fear it was truly just like an energy swirling in my body Mm. and and then being released. So I just, I know that that's like what I always talk about, but it's, it to me, it's, it is a key, at least one key to enjoying this human life is being able to do that when, when we get, you know, when difficult feelings arise is just being able to be like, okay, this doesn't have to be like a whole thing. It doesn't have to even ruin my day. Mm. It can just be this moment. Something is arising in my body. And I also really helps me to, to imagine it coming up and out. Like 
it's it's not stagnant. It's coming up so that it can come out. And then that's less energy like that in your body forever. It's being released. Mm. So it's productive. It's not just that. It's funny that as you're saying this, I'm trying to do it because I hear uh, Luis, our gardener, is here. And it's going to get louder and louder. I don't, if it makes you feel better, I'm not sure he's in our yard because he usually doesn't come until later. So I think he might just be in the neighbor. That's so funny because I was looking at you and I was like, this is really funny that you're talking about release, like wanting to go into a groove and I have clearly I have serious sound trauma before I get into that because I have a story about failing at what you succeeded at Mm. which might be helpful to people too I just want to say also from my hang coming home I was like and to everybody listening and I'm speaking to myself if you're making any effort to do two things one be in your body Mm. and two question your thoughts Mm -hmm. then like you're doing some incredible work and I just yeah. want to encourage you. Yeah. And I want to encourage myself. Yeah. There's a real temptation with ourselves and I see it everywhere for like really extreme black and white thinking and no... You were saying... This is what you were saying. This is what I was trying to guide you into say. Is you were saying when you were younger and smoking pot all the time, you were like, I don't want to feel all my feelings. Mm. And I think most people are sort of like, I would rather not feel my feelings. Yeah. And clearly listening to this podcast, you and I are very, I'm like, I have a sound trauma. I'm feeling a lot of panic right now. I don't feel safe. I hear a leaf blower Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel fundamentally unknown, unseen Mm -hmm. and unsafe. Yeah, uh, I can hear Clint Eastwood in my head being like, you know, toughen up, you pansy, or whatever. Mm. I think so many people are listening to the toughen up, you pansy voice. Mm-hmm. I think our culture tells you to toughen up, you pansy, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I love about these conversations and about this podcast is rem- having this check-in time to remember mm-hmm. that your feelings are real, that mm-hmm. they deserve Uh, your attention so you can Mm -hmm. let go of them Mm -hmm. not so you can have them overwhelm you Mm -hmm. and that we can go and I'd love for you to speak about this from thinking we should drink away our feelings smoke away our feelings deny away our feelings to it may seem like more work to entertain and uh, engage with your feelings Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day that effort leads to a still calm lake and a tool belt filled with resources that when you have the feelings, you can be honest about them. Mm. You don't have to lash out at people or things in inappropriate ways. And and you're like, even with this noise right now that just passed, you, you were right. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see your feelings as a new opportunity to practice dealing with appropriately dealing with honoring your feelings and working with them rather than going... Let's eat an entire chocolate cake or let's drink an entire bottle of wine. Yes. And today on my hike, I I was sort of asking my, I I was thinking a good question to be constantly asking myself is, am I fully engaging with this human life? Like, am I fully, I'm here. Am Mm. I fully engaged with this life? And to me, that, that doesn't mean just like, so I'm skydiving and I'm traveling and I'm, you know, so some people it might mean that. To me, it means, am I here for whatever is arising? And I'm, am I feeling everything that's coming up and mm. allowing it 
to move through me and and participating in the nature of the of the universe which is that everything is seasonal everything is in motion constantly coming and going and passing and and we have to just constantly be letting go and letting go and letting go um but what i wanted to say was and maybe this is something that you were thinking of i i was really experiencing yesterday morning just uh i listened to tara do a talk how did Brody get I out? What, get is, what is this? In. A cornucopia of, of Pete's challenges? <laughs> I know. I'm you sorry. talk about your tarot talk. I'll put him in. Um, and she was she was talking about doing a um, teaching mindfulness in a traumatized oh, world. Oh no, Brody came in. Hi, Bubba. Um, she's touched. I, I'm doing this mindfulness teacher training that Tara is doing. So she was talking about teaching mindfulness in a traumatized world, and she was taking questions. So a lot of people were sharing their their kind of trauma sharing their really sad stories and I was just (laughs) sitting in my office on my period like weeping at every everybody's story Mm. and um but really felt like because Tara had set it up so beautifully and really speaks from the truest like the truest open space um, and hold space for both. So her kind of her talk ahead of time was about how mindfulness is about holding both all the sorrows of the world and all the joys. And she told the story about Leonard Cohen that some of someone wrote about him that he was always able to do that. And it's a, it said something like Leonard Cohen was always able to write about sorrow and joy, sometimes even in the same sentence. And he practiced that in his own life, even when his body was, was like racked with disease and he was in pain. He, the the way they put it was he had a twinkle in one eye and a tear in the other. And like that really hit me so experientially where I was able to go to a place at, after I can sit with my sadness, for example, it, or here's a, here's a better example, maybe that more people can relate to. If you, if you are like breaking down, if a moment that you've like broken down in front of a friend or a trusted person, and you were sobbing and you were so sad, and then things get kind of calm, maybe they're hugging you, and then somebody makes a joke and you laugh, like that's like a holy laugh. Mm. That kind of laugh is the most poignant, vivacious little like moment of life where there's sadness and there's joy and you see that it's all just kind of that's it. That's the whole thing. Like it's mm. all just this cookies and cream swirl. It's the bothness. It's the bothness of it. And, life. The, and that's like that's feeling even when I can try to remember having that feeling is so full and abundant it's not because it's telling the full story Mm -hmm. it's not just me smoking weed playing the ukulele being like this is so great why would I want anything else and then laying in bed at night and my heart is just racing out of my chest and I have to go see a cardiologist to see what's going on right because I don't know yet at that point that I've just, I'm ignoring half the story. That's right. 
And, and as I always say, while well, I'm quoting Richard Rohr, he, he says the Catholics overemphasize the crucifixion and the evangelicals overemphasize the resurrection. And it's both. It's both. That's the whole fucking thing. And it's not just the Christian tradition. It's the way that the universe works. It's yeah. birth pains. It's your period. Yeah. It's sadness. It's the it's the sweet sadness when you're in love with somebody. That sort of mm. undertone of, mm. of of sadness that I'm sure the French have a word for. Yeah. You know, it's it's both things. And I, I was just talking to Steve about that. Like the appreciation of your own mortality isn't it doesn't get in the way. It, mm. It's it it avoiding it is not the point. Yeah. And we were, we were and just talking, sorry. I was going to say, and also just like gritting your teeth and bearing through it is not the point either. And that's what I keep forgetting. Mm. I'm always like, oh, I'm in a season of contraction. I just have to get through it and then mm. I'll get to the other side. And it's like, this is a blessing. There is sweetness here, right here in right. this. Right. Not on the other side of this. Right. I, I just had a, I, what I would call that kind of holy moment. I mean, it was small, but with with my f- girlfriends, because one of them is really going through s- something right now, and we all hopped on a Zoom really quick, and and before we knew it, another one was making us all die laughing, telling us stories about a time that she, like, woofed, which is, you know, a farm, you work on a farm in exchange for stay, and she did that like in Ireland with this this blind man that, and she had to like dress his wounds and like wow. the way she was telling the story, we were dying laughing. And the point of the Zoom call was to comfort this friend who's going through something. And she was like, "That's exactly what I wanted. I didn't need any kind of mm. words of encouragement. I just wanted to like be with my friends and laugh for a moment." Wow. And that's that's sweetness right in the eye of the storm, and the and both can exist. And the last thing I was going to say about that is it's another reason why the movie Inside Out is so perfect. Because at the end, you know, she has the, like, memory balls and they're... Sad and happy. Sad and happy, yeah. They're, like, multicolored with all well, the that's what Well, that's what holiness is. It's mm. a whole. Yeah. W-H-O-L-E. It's wholeness. Yeah. So, like, holy people still have whatever, petty thoughts or these things, but they, there's... There's no clinging to them mm. because they are a whole person. Exactly. And it's what Ramdas would say. It's like, I'll give you um, starvation in this country if you give me a baby kitten being born right now. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, we have oh. to take, we have to take both. Yeah. Both. It's like, is the world hopeless? He's like, yeah, it's hopeless. Is the word hopeful? He's like, yeah, it's hopeful. <laughs> yeah. That's the voice of someone being like, it's both hopeless and hopeful. Wow. I wanted to say it's one of my favorite things to talk about um, when it comes to like self-medicating. And I did eat ice cream last night. I don't know why. I was particularly non-dairy, but I was particularly stressed. And, and I went ahead and gave myself the green light to do that. So please don't think I'm telling everybody that we have to be ship shape and perfect all the time. But I actually, I think I have it open here. Um, I just want to get this guy's name. Is any of these a YouTube Nope. I'll just go to YouTube. Uh, this guy, what is his name? What is his name? What is his name? History. I'll go into history. Uh, his name is Andrew Huberman. Dr. Han- Andrew Huberman. I-, I would recommend typing that into um, 
YouTube. Val, stop looking at my YouTube page. <laughs> um, not because <laughs> okay. I'm embarrassed of all the incredible content you'll see. <laughs> but Andrew Huberman said, addiction, and I so relate to this, and spe- specifically with when I get in a weed spiral, uh, I am, by my own diagnosis, I have an addict's brain. Uh, and if I smoke weed and I love it, chances are I'll smoke weed the next day. That's just, and then that just goes on until literally I'll do it for two weeks. And then after two weeks, I'll be like, I am foggy. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. I hate it. But that's addict thinking. It's, it's I either have to love it or, or I have to hate it. Mm-hmm. I have to be like, it's evil and it sucks. I have a really hard time being like, just a puff will do ya. Like, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> You're um, not a dab will do ya guy. I'm not a, a dab doesn't seem to do me. So it's way better for me to abstain. The mm-hmm. same is true for drinking, which is why it's been four years now and I mm-hmm. haven't drank, which I'm, I'm proud of. We're coming up on your coming up on anniversary. Because it's our anniversary. Yep. Uh, October 28th. So, which means it's actually a week before. Anyway, yeah. I, um, he, Dr. Andrew Huberman said, and I love this, he goes, addiction, so like nicotine gum for me, uh, narrows what gives you pleasure. Mm-hmm. It, and that's why, so your brain will grow nicotine receptors. It already has nicotine receptors. And you start giving it nicotine. And then what it'll do is it'll grow more nicotine receptors, mm-hmm. and that's what a craving is. Now you have more slots. This is obviously a layman's summary, but like you have more slots for more nicotine for the same effect. Mm. So that's a narrowing. Weed. Weed feels good. I'll do weed all the time. Okay? Now you're a guy who likes weed. Yeah. Your girl in red hat. Your girl with weed. <laughs> yeah. And what he says brilliantly. Been both. Yes, at the same time. (laughs) What he says brilliantly is a life well lived broadens what gives you enjoyment. But that doesn't just mean you're like, I like Ethiopian food and I like Italian food. That's nonsense. Like, what he means is you can find enjoyment in delayed gratification, Mm. hiking or exercising, things that are difficult. You can even, what you just did, find the pleasure and the joy in a in a sad Zoom with your friends mm-hmm. who's going through it. Mm-hmm. Here's my fail story, and it sort of ends in a small success, but it didn't come until the next day. I took Leela to the park yesterday after school, and there was a guy walking around selling balloons, or as Leela calls them, baloons. I mean, she is perfect. She's the queen. And one of the ways that this guy was promoting his baboon sales was he had a SpongeBob Square Square Pantaloons. <laughs> and when I say that if you squeezed the foot of the SpongeBob, it made a noise. Really, noise is the best word for it. Yeah. It sort of squeaked, but it didn't sound like a dog toy. Like a, <laughs> it was more like that. Like <laughs> like just like Ugh. the worst thin. It was a thin sound. Ugh. It wasn't quiet and it wasn't loud, but it was you could definitely hear it. Mm-hmm. And this man was just... And bless this man. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. He's trying to make a living, and I think that's beautiful. Uh, for real. I'm not saying that phony-holy. I'm saying this man... I have no problem with this man. Yeah. But this sound... Mm-hmm. He started doing it, and I'm pushing her on the swing, and I hear... <laughs> and I'm like... But this is what makes the story interesting, I think, is I heard in my brain a voice go, don't do it, mm. meaning almost like the the groove in my brain yep. 
is a crevasse. Yeah. And right now my thoughts are on top of my brain and we see the crevasse. Uh-huh. And a voice, an observing presence, I don't mean my soul, I mean like the higher angels of my head. Yeah. We're like, don't do it. That's your, you don't have to look for it. You don't have That's to look I'm for it. That's say- what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I heard you say it. Yeah, so, I'm just saying like I can relate so hard to like, your brain starts looking for that crevasse. But this is what I say crevice, but okay. <laughs> I, I say, you know why I say crevasse? Why? Tenacious D. Really? Now there's the crevasse. <laughs> now fill it. It's in uh, Kilbasa Sausage. I think it's a euphemism for anal sex. I know the song well, is, but I think crevasse, like crevasse. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> All right. I don't know if we need to take me around the shame trolley. <laughs> Sorry, I just mean... I loved it. It definitely is. <laughs> so he's... And he's doing it kind of with a dead face, too. He's just... And then he'd lean on something. So I knew he wasn't going anywhere for a while. Yeah. And I just go, don't do it. But then there was another part of my brain that was like, do it. Sure. For the pleasure of it. Mm. I was not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Consciously, mm. I. But I'm at the park and I'm pushing Leela. Leela loves the swing, so I'm pushing her for a very long time. Mm. And this is one of those things, like social media, like texting, whatever it might be. It was something that my brain could be like, "That's a game we could play." Mm. Would you like to get increasingly madder and madder at this guy? <laughs> and I was like, "No, let's just look at the trees. I'm here with my daughter. This is so beautiful." I'm trying to think my way out of a prison made of thought. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Mm. And <laughs> so I go, let's go from the swings. Let's go to the over to the uh, the play structure. We're over there. I can still hear it. <laughs> I'm trying to do it quieter. <laughs> and then he comes over there oh. and leans on something. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just had to give in. I was like, that's it. Yeah. I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. I, I play through all the different scenarios. This isn't really the point of the story. The point is the punchline. But I was like, um, I'll give you $20 to stop squeezing that. I was like, that That was my first thought, too. Or I could buy the SpongeBob. Maybe it's the only one that squeaks. And then I was like, buy the SpongeBob, put it on the ground in front of him and stomp on it. That was one. Um, I He was a, he, a Mexican man. I was trying to think of like, Silencio, por favor, mm. seemed way too aggressive. Yeah. I thought about, por favor. Yeah. Like, does he know? His face was vacant. Mm. There was room in the inn. If Mary and Joseph <laughs> had gone to this guy's face, baby Jesus would have slept in a queen bed that night. This dude was not hearing what he was doing. Oh. It was happening. <laughs> he did not know it was happening. Wow. Again. I have compassion for this guy. He's doing his job. But it was also such like an unpleasant sound. I want, if like, if I thought I, I didn't want to, but I wish I could have shot him with a laser beam that he would have just understood. Wait, (laughs) anyone that's going to buy a Spider-Man isn't buying it because they heard the sirens call. (laughs) No one's going, what's that delightful sound? Here's $5 for a Spider-Man. No one's doing that. And you want to communicate that. All of this is happening. And I failed, Mm. Bell. I absolutely... And that's beautiful. And it's all in the game. But I was not able... I did laser focus on this man. Mm. 
I did start trying to avoid him. I thought about putting my earbuds in. Do I have autism? I don't know. Because I'm a very sensitive highly sensitive person and highly sensitive to sound. And I was like, I'll put my earbuds in and listen to white noise like, like a real regular person. Mm. But I was like, what if Leela needs me? Being at the, I'm keeping an eye on her, but this park is, is such that there's lots yeah. of places she can go. And I'm like, I don't think that's appropriate. So now I'm trying to get Leela to go. She doesn't want to go. Mm. And I was like, fuck. I, I lost. I lost. No. And then when I got in the car and I wasn't hearing, <laughs> she eventually, I set a timer. That's a good parent trick. But I, mm-hmm. trick. I was like, when the timer goes off, we're going to go. And she's like, okay. Timer went off. I set it for five. I didn't make it five. I sped it up to one. And then we, it went off. I got in the car. And the feeling I felt to not be hearing <laughs> was was like six beers. Yes. It was one of the greatest feelings of my life. Okay. So you can see where I'm going with this. I can't, but I but I have something to say about that, but go ahead. Well, okay. I know everybody, listen, I know we're all dealing with different levels of pain. Val and I too deal with levels of pain sometimes we don't share on this podcast. So don't think that all we have is SpongeBob Squarefoot stories. Yeah. But I think all the stories are sort of in the SpongeBob Squarefoot story, potentially. Or at least there might be something to learn about all suffering, meaning not getting your way from SpongeBob Squarefoot squeaky story. Because I went, don't do it. And then there was a voice that said, do it. That's existential kink. There was like, Mm. I think you like having something to obsess about, Mm. get mad about. And then almost like drunkenness, you're monitoring the level of toxicity. Mm-hmm. Gives you a little project to do. Mm-hmm. But then even more so, the relief I felt of getting in the car, it's almost like a bad relationship. Mm. Where you're in a relationship where you fight a lot and you don't like each other. But then you have unbelievable sex and, and you're like, ah. And you're just so relieved that you're not fighting and that, and that you're getting along. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people I know and I, I've had situations like that too. That was me in the car was I was like getting mad about it was almost worth it for how good it felt in the car. And this is, again, one of the games that human beings play with ourselves. But I could really see that I was doing it. Please tell me what you have. I think that it is not a failure. And not only is it not a failure, it is a huge success. And there's like some there's like scientists science to back that up. Meaning, your sound sensitivity is arguably from trauma. Is that okay to share? From like just hearing your parents fight? Sound in my house meant something was about to go down. Yeah. So when you were hearing those scary sounds, you were a child in your house under the care of those people and could not leave. And that is a memory in your body. That's why when the times in your life when you've lived in apartments and the neighbors were loud and that's your home and you can't leave that home. Right. Like it was the, like being a kid in the bedroom again. Feeling. Yeah. So the best thing you can do when you're dealing with a trauma reaction, uh, I, I not always the best thing you can do, but often, especially if it's trauma from childhood before you were un, before you were able and autonomous. Mm. Uh, and able to like uh, extra extricate yourself from that situation is to do it. Your limb, yeah, your limbic brain doesn't know time, so it doesn't know that you're not a child trapped in your room listening to your parents fight. Uh, 
but it also doesn't know that when you are leaving the park that you're not that child being like, fuck this, I'm leaving the house. So it's healing those wounds. So I, I think there's no, there's no failure. I think that's, that was really good for your nervous system and for your trauma to be like, this is scary and I don't have to stay. I will get you out of here. You're doing really good work. (laughs) I mean, I I can't believe I live with you. No, but I also was going to say the only, the only like slight alteration that could have maybe helped is just being kinder to yourself about it instead of it being like don't do that thing i want to do that thing don't you know just being like first of all maybe getting out of the realm of thought and and being like wow how is my body reacting to this sound and then just owning it and being like oh my love do you need me to get you out of here we can go we'll go now yeah, I guess it's, it felt like a failure. We had been at the park for an hour and a half, so that was pretty good. But I was like, I'm my daughter doesn't get to play as much as she wants because I can't handle this. That's why it felt like a failure. Mm. If I had been alone, I would have left the moment I saw him. I'd yeah. go like, well, this fucking sucks. But this is also what your brain does. You go, is that park ruined now? And next time I go, I'm going to like worry that he's going to be there. Mm. You've seen me do this with certain, there's unhoused people in our neighborhood that yell and stuff. Mm. And I'll obsess. Are they back? Are they back? Are they back? Yeah. So it's really weird. It's not weird. That's how I feel about my anxiety because my trauma comes from like panic attacks. And uh, so that's why every time I feel anxious, the feeling is, is it back? Are they, is that big, scary feeling that I felt that was flooding back? Is it back? Mm. So that's just trauma. That's just a reaction. That's a really normal PTSD reaction. And I say PTSD. I think that gets really like... I think people say PTS now. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think they dropped the D. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not... Well, and maybe those are two different things. Maybe there's a disorder where it's like... Right. You really can't function because of this. I definitely have post-traumatic stress. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and that makes perfect sense. And even even that, you know, saying like, and this is from somebody who can't, who can practice this less often than not, mm. if that makes mm. sense. That doesn't, no. No, <laughs> I can't practice this. You don't do it all the time. Yeah, I don't even do it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I do, it's it's I've failed a few times before I can do it. But even if you, you know, you want to take Leela to the park and you're like, I can't go to that park. What if the squeaker's back? Then just communicating to your body like, okay, then I'll take her, then I'll take her to another park. Yeah. Or if that happens, we'll get in the car and we'll go and I'll take her. In the I was, park. I was just talking to a friend of ours. We were on a hike and we were, we were just talking about how Dr. Gary Penn, my therapist, we were talking about how the, the woman I dated used to have this weird double standard where she hated if I would hang out with or if I even Im- implied that I wanted to do something where an ex-girlfriend of mine would be there. Yeah. And then she would also like, um, but then the power dynamic was all off, if you want to say it's a power dynamic. If she wanted to have drinks with anybody from her past, mm-hmm. partners, whatever, mm-hmm. it like didn't matter. Like mm-hmm. she was in the clear. So I remember bringing that up to Dr. Gary Penn. And just really feeling lost on the issue. I was just like, I don't understand. And But she can have late night drinks, like literally in her like studio apartment, late night drinks with somebody that I'm, I wasn't positive that she had been romantic with, but had a very good feeling that they had been romantic. Yeah. Um, but like, it was definitely flirtatious and strange. 
And I was like, I just don't know what to do. And Dr. Gary Penn, bless his heart, he has a podcast out now. He does? I, he does, yeah. Oh, I'd listen to that. Yeah, he's wonderful. I mean, you'd be, if you are in need of uh, advice, he's got great advice. Anyway, what he said to me was, I was like, what would you do if, if your girlfriend was like, I'm going to have late night drinks with Dave mm-hmm. in my apartment in a sexy dress? Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be like, I can't, I was like, I can't tell her she can't do that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, no, you don't have to say you can't do that. You can just say, yeah, you can do that. And I'm going to bounce. Mm-hmm. And he meant like, I'm out. I'm out of the relationship. And what you're telling me about trauma, Mm -hmm. because even in romantic relationships, we're still working out parent karma, parent trauma. Mm -hmm. And and in a sense, the relationship is a house, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it's a thing. And you're and you're playing out old scripts, even though it's a romantic partner. You're like, well, I can't leave the house. Yeah, wow. You know, you're like, yeah. I, I'm stuck in this house. I'm in the relationship. I can't leave the house. Right. I just have to put up with whatever is. And I literally at did. Me. She lived yeah. in the apartment. Uh, I guess it was above me. So I would go. It was a, the same building. It was the same. And I'd just situation. hang out, twiddling my thumbs while I knew that was happening. Oh. And. It was it was ten thousand dollars worth of therapy to to have someone go like you can bounce you can and leave. I told it was it was our, our friend I was like the word bounce yeah. there's just something so perfect I, I'm sure I've said that before oh. but it's sort of playful yes. but it's also firm it's like yeah you can do that I'm just gonna bounce yes no I'm just it's, it's not a big deal no I'm saying go ahead and do that yeah but I'm out yes like that is. Such a beautiful reminder, yeah, that you can leave the house. Oh my god, you're free to go. Can I also say? I hope this isn't too sad. It wasn't just my parents fighting. It was there would be the fight, and then there would be the the crying. Oh, there'd be my mom crying. Oh, I know. How sad is so this? sad. That's it's a so heartbreaker. Sad. Absolutely. And then you. And then also, if if it's okay to share there not being a clear boundary that it wasn't your responsibility. No, it to was my responsibility exactly. to comfort her. Yeah. And I think we've shared that before. So that's why like a squeaky, <laughs> it's kind of like a cry. Like yeah. what I'm trying to say, I'm not just trying to have a pity party for myself. Although, I mean, I enjoy the healing I get from you yeah, know, sharing just these having things. having compassion for yourself. And having compassion for myself. I'm saying SpongeBob's foot. Mm-hmm. It's... I'm giving us all, I hope I'm giving us all permission to say, look, what triggers you and what activates your panic or your sadness or your overreaction of any kind is valid. Because if it can happen to me from a square foot, it, it can happen to anybody. So why is this helpful? Because there's people listening that it's like, why does it bother me so much when this, this, or this? And it doesn't have to be such a one-for-one, one. well, that sounds like this or whatever. It's just like these things. This goes back to my my dinner with my old friend. It's like... Andre. <laughs> my dinner with Andre. It's just like I need, I need to be at a place where we can have conversations about feelings and yeah. and the gray area. It yeah. doesn't It doesn't help. Like, for example, like, I, 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 one funny moment was I was like, well, my, he was like, how are your parents? I was like, well, they're, they're crazy, of course. I love them, but they're crazy. And he was like, what? And I was like, 
oh my God, you've yeah. met them. Yeah. Like that was like a funny moment for me. And I was like, but there's some points where like, if you haven't survived an earthquake to your infrastructure and rebuilt it, mm-hmm. you might not see things. Mm. And I, 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 may, I really don't think I'm not seeing clearly. I, what I'm saying is the truth about my parents is they're nuts and I love them very deeply. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? It's that whole it's, thing. It's wholeness. Yeah. It's it's everything. Yes. It's both and thinking. And and you know, I'll take my, my friend out of it, but like I just see a lot of like I don't know. I c I can't it's fine. We'll move on. I love that. And I'm actually trying to have that more um with with my parents too like nearby star who's about to do our podcast so you guys will get to hear more about more from her yeah she's amazing the way that she talks about her mother i really it it truly seems holistic like and she'll be on the phone with her mother like catching up yeah and she'll talk about her upbringing having certain blind spots yeah exactly she's like the she she has these blind spots and she's talked to her mother about those blind spots and her mother admits to having them yes which i'm sure is part of why they're able to stay in touch and talk and she said she's more than made up for it over the years and i was like that concept actually I hadn't considered like it's so easy to get stuck in the past and it's Mm. like, but who are they now? What are they doing now? You know? Mm. Um, So I love that. I think that holistic and wholesome approach um, to, to relationships and family members is also beautiful to be like, yeah, you're, there have been just by nature of, of having a lifelong relationship, there have been a lot of wounds and also, that's right. I can enjoy you right now. And have that relationship with yourself. Yes. That's that's really what I came home and I was like, oh my God, Valerie, it's so nice to have created this space with you. Not just on the podcast, obviously our life, where we can deal with what's happening, with what's actually happening. Yeah. Not with what we think should be happening. Mm. It, I just don't want to lie to yeah. myself yeah. and I don't want to create a, a series of leaky buckets where we never look at anything and it was really impactful for me when you were like look I used to think we have somebody in our, our shared family that was like I just don't want to deal with my stuff because it's a whole can of worms yeah it's if I start can't ta- open that box, if I start yeah. talking about that it's going to lead to this and that's going to lead to this and if there's one message to this ep- to this episode I want to say yeah lead to the thing lead to the thing lead to the thing lead to the thing fucking deal with it be it's so much better than a happy lie especially Mm -hmm. if you have the resource you might need some support Mm -hmm. so like i'm not saying you need to do that work in a dark closet Mm -hmm. uh, but find the friends find the relationships find the books find the teachers find the people and build a little world and when you're ready you know look at your stuff with a with a keen eye it's it's the only way to freedom because it's not it's it's like the the funny thing about buddhism is that it's like the first noble truth is life is suffering and some some translations say there is suffering in life hmm. there's that's like disputed there's I even think. suffering over that <laughs> yeah um and and like so the the first step is acknowledging that that's right that's like the first thing you have to do 
on the path towards finding relief and freedom from suffering is you have to acknowledge and be with the suffering. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like a lot of a lot of people that I grew up with and my family and all that sort of stuff, the move was like that happened. And then some dismissive one-liner. Yeah. Ah, but it doesn't matter. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> what, tell them about the dismissive one, not the, the one-liner that we've been using, which is like, we like to acknowledge what's happening and then add on. But but oh, in, really, I have a blessed life. But really, I have a very blessed life. Yeah. So you might be like, oh, my God, this guy won't stop squeaking that square foot. But really, I have a blessed life. Yeah. You tell them about that practice. That'll that's, be a nice way to end. Sure. That's from the book Awakening Joy that I've been talking about because that's what I've been reading. Uh, highly recommend. I think it is pretty responsible for the good like mind state I've been in lately because I've been practicing these things. Mm. Um and the the man who wrote it said that he recommended this practice to his like 90 year old mother who had been historically like very negative and he was telling her about the studies that show that practice a regular practice of gratitude helps you be happier more capable of joy and she said that's great i believe you but i i just don't see how i'm going to remember to do that and he said, well, let's do a practice where every time you complain about something, you just add, but really I've had a very blessed life to mm, it. Mm. So he's like, so if you, you know, can't find the remote, you just say like, I can't find the remote and I'm ma- mad, but really I've had a very blessed life. And there is, you know, there's a way of looking at it where you're like not looking at the thing. But I, what I love about that practice is that it is like still complain. But it's wholeness. And also it's look whole. at the, yeah, the ways that you've It's written. a holy practice. And that's where, that's what I'll do is, you know, if I'm feeling like yesterday when I was feeling the big charges of emotion, I was being with that and feeling that and also noticing the way the light was reflecting on the wall and how beautiful that was. And like including Mm. in the beautiful things that I was seeing as well. Mm. Um, So the end of that story is that she, over the next year, was practicing that. And, like, his sister went to visit her and and called him and was like, what did you do to our mother? Mm. Like, she was just completely different. And her eyesight over that year was was quickly um, decreasing. And but she wrote a poem to him that he he writes in the book, and I can't. I wish I had the book. I could, I could uh, read it. But it was so lovely, and it was just about like, I my eyesight is almost gone, but I've never seen more clearly. Mm. Um, there's you know I used to only see the bad, and now I see the abundance and the gratitude and. Uh, or, and I feel grateful for all of it. And mm. um, and so, yeah, she just, just by practicing that one little thing for a year. I think that's a good one. That's a good one for us as a little community here to try to, when we complain, go like, but really I have a very blessed life. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love that too. Well, I have a little reading. Great. It's short. Should I do it? Yeah. Do you want to play our music and do that like a poem? Sure. It's from. It's just Ella Fitzgerald scatting. Oh my gosh. <sighs> It's from uh, just this, my daily Richard Rohr book. Um, it's only a page long. I don't know why I always get a little sensitive or, or worried that these are like too long or something. No, I think they're great. Okay. By the way, we got a call from Leela's preschool. You can't put the chocolate in even though it's sugar-free because the kids don't know that. And they're just like, Leela gets chocolate? Why don't we get chocolate? 
Well, Leela gets chocolate because she's better than all of you. <laughs> I know, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be the one that tells them. It's it's our daughter eats bitter ass my it's health disgusting chocolate, disgusting chocolate. Like grown ups don't truly, like it. I don't like it. It's, it's disgusting. It's sugar free. It's just the cacao nut I should, up. I should have said it. when they called. Yeah, but isn't it worth it just to hear her say clocklet? <laughs> they called. I know. How dare they? Okay, this is called a knowing God center to center. When you pray, try. When by the way, I'm going to interject there. He doesn't mean verbal prayers or thinking or asking God for things. We're talking about meditation. We're talking about mindfulness. We're talking about presence. We're talking about a contemplative walk. We're yeah, you get it. <laughs> when you pray, try to stay beneath your thoughts, neither fighting them nor thinking them. Everything that comes also goes. So don't take any of it too seriously. Mm. Hold yourself at a more profound level, perhaps in your chest, solar plexus, or deep breath, but stay in your body self somehow. Mm. Do not rise to the mind, because the mind is endlessly repetitive commentary. Just rest in what I call your animal contentment. You will feel exactly like nothing, like emptiness. Stay crouched there, at the cellular level, without shame or fear, long enough for the deeper source to reveal itself. Universal love flows through you from that, de- from that deeper source as a vital energy, much more than as an idea. Because most people still think of God as an object separate from themselves, they naturally try to please God, or inform God, or even use God. You cannot think God. God is never an object like any other object of consciousness. In fact, God refuses to be objectified, which is why there are so many atheists and agnostics who basically try too hard. Hmm. God is always and forever the subject, knowing in you, through you, with you, and yes, as you. I'm going to read that again. God is always and forever the subject, knowing in you, through you, with you, and yes, as you. You can only know God subject to subject and center to center, and the initiative is always from God's side. There is no other way to know God or to be known by God. Wow. I just love that. Love that. That chapter. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's like when my first wife left me, it's like, well, where was God? It's like God was in you. Yeah. Suffering with you, through you, and as you. Yeah. Couldn't have been closer or more intimately involved in my in my grief or my suffering. It <sighs> was I was God suffering. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. I love that so much. Beautiful. All right. All right, friends. It's a short one because Remember, I fucked up my arm. I have another doctor's appointment for my hand. I don't even think it's that short. Yeah, it was an hour and ten minutes. Oh, seems good to me. <laughs> oh, we went into the next song. Oh, this one's kind of spooky, spooky for Halloween. Scary. <laughs> All right, Halloween heads. <laughs> Be sure to try the ghoul's punch. <laughs> well, the month to match. Month to match. Go watch the, um, the scene from Freaks and Geeks where the mom sings Monster Mash. It's my, one of my favorite things. On, and it's on YouTube. On television. All right. Okay. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Keep it crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you want to get